Welcome to the Slappy Cut Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 9 of the Slappy Cut. Yeah, buddy. How you doing, Corby? I'm good, mate. Good to be back. It's a lie, I'm tired. You're tired? (laughs) Need some sleep. Just thought I'm alright. Well, some exciting news for us. We have another email. Really? This is pretty exciting. Now, is it from a different person? No. <laughs> <laughs> At least he keeps writing back. He keeps writing. He's enjoying the podcast. He's <laughs> he's writing back. So, just in case anyone doesn't know, it's theslappycut at gmail dot com. I think people got it wrong. Yeah, maybe <laughs> they might have put the forearm draw. It's yeah. like uh, that. Gmail. Forearm draw has gone to the bin. Yeah, it's slappy cuts now. Um, we might do a debrief on your latest tournament. I'd like it if we did. <laughs> okay, we'll stay away from that. But we've got one here. So this is from uh, Andrew Lane again. Hey, fellas. Loving the potty. Now, I know such a... Sounds like you're talking about a debate like a kid's toilet. <laughs> yes. I know... Now, I know sledging might not be the etiquette of all golfers, but amongst mates, it's good fun. Right. I have a mate that I play with regularly, and he's a good golfer, much better than myself. I won't name names, but let's just call him Sam to make it easy. Is that his name? <laughs> Do you know who that is? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he helps me on course with swing tips and general advice, and recently I've been thinking, how can I help him? I've noticed a weakness in his in his game is mental f- fragility. <laughs> there is generally some good... Um, Heated banter over the round, and he takes it well, and I'm happy to cop some back, uh, which he's happy to give. So this begs the question, what are your top three golf sledges? Cheers, boys. Sledges? There's, <laughs> look, I'll, I'll think about this. I've read it, and I'll think about it, and my mind just went blank. Like, I've received some good ones and given some good ones. And do you think I can think of any that I've given or received? Yeah, I... Look, I think, like, yeah. I think, like... For for Andrew here, if he wants to um, help this guy with his golf a little bit, you know, try to make him mentally stronger. Yeah, he's got to do things to try get into his head. And I, try can, get him. I can give Andrew some things to say to him or mess him up. Let's do that. Let's what, not what, so much sledges. What, what would you say to try and mess him up to help him? You know, overcome. Well, if it's the Sam I'm talking about, he's in this. He's in the search for perfection. Yes, he is. Um, so. I would be going down the avenue and telling him how beautiful his swing is, but like, gee, you get the club really square at the top. I love the way the club looks at the top of your swing. <laughs> Stuff like that. And then Make for, the, think then about for the whole round, they're thinking about it. Yeah. I've yep. done it before in match play, actually. Match play is a great one. Tell yes. your opponent they're swinging it really good and their tempo is nice and, and they start thinking about it. So it's not so much a, yeah. uh, a sledge, but... I'd probably, I'd go down the path of, you know, when he's pre-shot maybe he does a couple of practice swings and then just go oh mate did you fart <laughs> <laughs> try try throw him off off a little bit the best one i've ever used is asking people if they breathe in or out when they hit mm, i've heard I that think one. i brought this up before but it, it rattles people mm. so it's not so much a sledge but it's more getting people to combust themselves yeah so you just give them a little nugget and then for the rest of the round they're screwed up yeah. thinking about it yeah. But um, as far as sledging... Look, there's plenty of one-liners, Yeah, but they're, they're all old and... They're they all are new. They're all very old. Um, you know, one that you probably probably can't use anymore is 
oh, did you drop your handbag or did yeah. your missus play and all this sort of stuff? Or was your husband playing all this sort of stuff, right? Yeah. So that's probably a bit out, but you can just change it up a little bit. So let's say he hits a putt and leaves it short. I'd go with, oh, mate, I probably wouldn't have laid up from there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or reading one earlier, so if he chunks a chip shot and just ask him whose gravy you're digging. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just just little one-liners. I think it's important, like, once you say it, you leave. Yeah. You don't hang around. I've done it before with my mates and when they're playing, and if they hit one in the water, hit it three fairways right, I just go, nice shot. Or, yeah, good ball, and just drive off. And, <laughs> and then they think, they're like, did he just... What? <laughs> you not see it went through fairways, right? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> important. It, the important part is making sure you leave yeah. straight after. Yeah. Um, but I think if you want to get personal with Sam, you know, if he rocks up wearing shorts, just ask him if he's riding a chicken. Skinny white leg. So... Um, yeah, sorry, this is just using the figurative Sam. We don't know if this guy's actually Sam. No. No. Sorry. But we have a feeling we know who it is. Yeah, I, yeah I'm not... Yeah, I just, I just say good shot and drive off. Good shot and drive off. <laughs> it, it's a classic. It'll stick. It's never going to get old. So yeah. it's a um, it's a good one. So I hope that helps you out, Andrew. You know when someone actually knocks a ball off a tee? You know how the one fellas say one? Yeah. Do you stand there and go... Should I say or should I let it slide? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it runs through your mind, but you just realise that you're not that big of a douche. No. <laughs> you're not that guy. You wait for someone to say. I, I really hope that, that that saying sort of dies out with that generation yeah. and, and it doesn't continue with us. So, um, yeah, let's, let's just let that, that be dead because that's, that's an annoying one. It's very annoying. Very annoying. So... Anyway, hope that helped, Andrew. Yeah, we didn't really give him anything. No, not really, but, you know, just, just a little one line. Just make sure whatever you say, you, you drive off or walk off <clears> straight away. Yeah. Yeah, and just, you know, just ask him, you know, is he, is he breathing? I like the one about the swing. The swing looks really good, yeah. really square. They'll really get into his Mr. three-footers, yeah, yeah, good putt. Yeah, good putt, yeah. Probably would have laid up from there. <laughs> and then, oh, another good one if he's, you know, three-putting. Oh, at least he had the right club. <laughs> Unless he's got nicknames that you um you know rattling. Oh yeah. Like you just throw a few of them in there every now and then. Yeah. Sorry about <laughs> a little bit. I like it. So hopefully don't destroy the guy. Just <laughs> we you, won't become bad. Are you playing for money or not? Uh oh, always playing for money. Are they? Oh yeah. definitely. Or pride. They're both pretty well off, aren't they? Oh yeah, no, they're both loaded. So, <laughs> all right, our our next topic, and it's probably the biggest topic going on in golf at the moment, <clears throat> is this PGA and Live merger. Wow. What, what was your What was your first reaction when you read it? I, th- I had to think if if it was April. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, is this some kind of joke? And yep. then I I just thought, wow. What are all the people who stuck up for the PGA Tour going to think? How angry are they going to be? Yeah. Did the Players Association or Rory that know about it? Yep. And how the hell are they going to combine everything? Yeah. And yeah. what about the people who didn't take hundreds of millions of dollars to go because they didn't think they could come back? Mm. Now, are these league players going to be able to come back into the PGA Tour or will they be playing limited field events against PGA Tour players, like, that's where my head's going. Yeah. How the hell are they going to fit it all in? I've I got no idea. So, from what I've been reading, and just to try 
clarify a little bit for anyone listening that's a bit confused with it all. Uh, so to my understanding, it's not really a PGA and Live merging together. It's mm. the, the PGA partnering up with this um, this PIF, the um, public investment fund from the Saudis. So the PGA Tour were going to lose a lawsuit <clears throat> or run out of money to fight the lawsuit. Yeah. So the lawyers for the PGA Tour are like, you need to let them buy us. Potentially. <laughs> Is that what's happening? I, I don't know, but that's my understanding. So, like, obviously, this um, public investment fund is the main con- or the contributor for Live. Yeah. Um, and I'm starting to think they've done that just to cause a bit of a stir to get their hand into the yeah. the big stuff, which is so, the, the PGA. And so now the PGA so are getting their money from the same Changing spot. their name from Live, to, from the blood money from Live to the blood money from PIF. Yes, yeah, it's like still that. the same money. It's 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 all the same money. So live get their money from this like because the player this um public investment fund funds heaps like they yeah. heaps of sports heaps of different things like it's all it's all everywhere, yeah. um with unlimited money. So uh yeah, so that's what that's who they've combined with, and so this is where a lot of people are taking issue is, you know, I think. And I think, you know, Jay's been chucked under the bus because he's the, he's the head guy of the PGA, so mm-hmm. everyone's going to blame him for everything that's happening. But, you know, a lot of the, they're all going through things like, especially in America, they're saying, you know, these guys are the reason for 9-11, blood money, all this sort of stuff. And he's gone out and told his players, you know, if you stick, you've got to stick with us, it's right, blah, blah. And they've done that, and now he's turned his back, and mm. he's gone and taken the money. So... Um, yeah, it's a very like. Yeah, I think we'll know more in the next couple of weeks about exactly what's happening. Uh, but it's pretty big news. It's going to be. It's going to be a date to remember in history. I think so. It's wild that that Jay said yes. Yeah. After everything, I know they mustn't have had. A, they must have been like he must have been trapped. Yeah. Like it's <clears> anything <throat> I can think of. He he wouldn't have done it. If the PGA Tour wasn't going to get bought or taken over. Yeah, correct. Or lose all their money fighting a battling court. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it. So the lawyers for the PGA Tour must have just gone, look, you need to let them merge with you because you won't be able to beat them in court. The lawsuit must be huge. No, it'd be heaps. So. It'd be heaps. But And so to my understanding, right, is that yeah, they're making this new business, this for-profit entity mm. right to try and get all these golf tours under one umbrella, umbrella. so you yeah. got the dp the the pga and live all under the same umbrella to my knowledge the pga tour itself is still going to be the not-for-profit and it's still going to have its tournaments and <laughs> not all this for sort profit of yeah um all their sort of things there um greg's come out and said lives going nowhere so he reckons there's still going to be a live tour going um underneath that uh, I'm assuming the DP World Tour will still be there, but then it opens them up to a few other things. It was very vague. I listened to mm. this Jay Monaghan and um, the I can't pronounce his name. It's like Yassir Al Ramayan or something like that. Um, <laughs> Done well. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> so he um, he looks after this public investment fund. Okay. So he um, yeah. So those two guys giving an interview and it was just it was confusing. Yeah. To say the least. So. They've got um, a bit to work out, and I think a little bit to explain. Especially the PGA going from a you know they're a, they're a player run association apparently, yeah, and they're finding out on Twitter. That's the wildest thing about it. Yeah, and then I watched Rory give his press conference. Yeah, bits of it, and he looked unfazed. Yeah, I don't like he looked. I don't, I think he knew that it was coming. 
I don't know. Like, he's obviously like he's sort of been just chucked under the bus a little bit because he's, you know, he's stood stood up for the PGA and everything else, and mm. then they've done this. He's like, man, well, I look like a bit of an idiot. But the last week, he's been pretty quiet. He's been saying we need live a little bit. Like he's been backpedaling a bit, and then this come out. Yeah, yeah, he has been. Yeah, he hasn't been answering questions and stuff yeah. like that. So that's um, yeah, it's a it's a big one. I don't know what it means for the future of those guys. Well, especially like if. The guys who signed on with Liv, just say it all merges and becomes one massive tour or yep. something. The guys who signed on with Liv, they signed on to play 14 events only. Yep. They signed on to have family time. Yeah. If it all combines and they make one big tour and they've got to play more, is that like outside of their contract? Did they get paid $200 million a year to be with Liv for five years? Was it one year? Was it two years? Was I'm pretty sure years? most people signed with Liv for ten years. Ten years, was it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, pretty right. sure. It was a big number. And then, would they play against each other? Would there be like top 20 out of Liv versus top 20 out of PGA versus top 20 out of DP? Yep. Would they have like a tournament against each other? Like, there's so much to unpack what's going to happen. Big question I've got, right, is because we've got the Ryder Cup coming up, mm. right? So, for the European teams, for example, like a lot of guys um, either lost their membership or weren't allowed to play tournaments, so they gave up their membership and this sort of stuff because they took the money, right? That's purely why. They took the money yeah. and the DP said, we don't agree, you're not allowed to play our tournaments, right? All European tours said that. Now they've taken the money. Exactly. That's <laughs> the difference. So, so, does that mean... Guys like yeah. these European guys are back in the, the hunt yeah. to take a spot. Is it too late to? Well, they'd have to qualify. They won't get picked. Well, a lot of guys, if they gave up their membership, it's just bad luck. Yeah, you got to be a member. Yeah, of the European, oh, the, the DP. Yeah. yeah. So if you're not a European tour member, you can't be. So that's someone like um, Sergio. Yeah. He's he just... well, he rang Luke Donald. Yeah. And said, "What's the chances?" And Luke said, zero. Yeah, okay. Because he was doing an interview and they said, oh, what did he say? And he goes, oh, I'll let you ask Luke what he said exactly. I don't want to repeat yeah. it. <laughs> it's like, it's just so much, you're just a hypocrite, Jay. I think so. <laughs> and, and from the thing, like, they had this big players meeting. And the, I'm starting to feel bad for this tournament, the RBC uh, Canadian mm. Open. Well, it's like Canadian, Canadian, Canada's major. Correct, right? So this news has come out um, now. The, the, um, I don't know if it was Liv's first event was played on the same week as the Canadian Open last year. No, was it? I think it was. It was either played or it was announced or players were, like, they were told these players are coming to us on that week. Oh, because that's when Rory's been a dick saying, because he won it, he's like, well, one more PGA yeah, Tour win yeah. and Greg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, these poor Canadians are, are copping it. So <laughs> that's two years in a row now. Their tournament's sort of been overshadowed by by something like this. So I think that's classic Americans. They hate Canadians. So Do they? They're doing it on purpose. Oh, I yeah. I think so. So, yes, there's heaps to unravel. You know, is it going to be one big unified yeah. tour? I don't think so. Will they get world ranking points now? I am... Don't quote me on this. This is what I'm thinking. Oh, you, I don't quote, think, you say I'm going to quote you. <laughs> I don't think Liv is going to be around for much longer. Really? I, I just don't think they're going to survive this. So mm. if what they're saying is true, like so they, the PGA 
coming together with this PIF and their all this money to making a new entity to cover all these um, things. And then um, I've lost my trail of thought. I had something. Um, anyway, so they, they cover like all these things here, right? So you're going to have to either have these guys from the PGA can play live events, can live guys go to come jump across yeah. by PGA events. I think that's too confusing. You end up with these two big tours just clashing yeah. against each other. Well, how can the guys come back in from live when the guys in the PGA who have earned their spot, yeah. if they're lost in the pecking order but still inside the 125, mm-hmm. do they get pushed out and lose their spot? I know. I think the guys from live will have to do... There'll be something they'll have to go through, like some sort of qualifying mm-hmm. or something to get their, their cards back. Um, but yeah, I think like... This is conspiracy theory in mind. I think... You know, the Saudis have wanted to get into golf for a long time. Their way was, okay, well, we're going to start our own tour and we're going to rival the PGA. Um, that's happened. They've caused a stir and now they're in with the PGA. Yeah, we'll just buy it. And now we, like, we, we're just going to run world golf. So, you know, they're saying that, you know, PGA still has majority governance and, you know, majority running of this new entity. So the PGA Tour will have the most say about what happens yeah, but right. you know this like they said they're getting all their money from this public investment fund so i just don't get how you, how you can blow up and say the money's come from the wrong place and yes. then you just go actually they're going to give us all their money we've merged with them yeah they own us now yeah we'll take their money i don't know if you heard um his like jay's first interview when everything come out it was very confusing. He, he had a hard time answering questions. So um, he was saying, first of all, he said, why didn't the players know? And he said, like, you know, the, you know, keeping it secret was really important for, I forget what reasons, but, you know, it was really important to keep, you know, nice and, you know, confidential just, just for this so it didn't get out and, you know, for everything to work, it had to be confidential. And then a question came up about this, um, there's this group, you know, like, you know, families of 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. So fam- people that lost um, family members in 9-11. And so they've had a say on Facebook or Twitter or something about, you know, about them taking the money and stuff like that. And then he's come out and said, oh, you know, like, you know, it's very unfortunate. I think the biggest mistake I probably made was I wasn't transparent enough with all this, blah, blah. I was like, well, you just said it had to be secret. And now you're apologising that you... Kept it a secret? Yeah. I, I don't know. He seems lost. He would be lost. And on a scale of 1 to 10, how much does he sound like Donald Trump? Mm. It, <laughs> 10. <laughs> His voice is exactly the same. Is it? Yeah. <clears throat> so it's just it's just mind-boggling. I did the same as you. I got a message at like 4 in the morning. And I went, who's messaging me at 4 in the morning? I was going to murder them. And Why it was is amazing. your phone on in 4 in the morning? Why isn't that on silent? It is on silent, but I... It, it buzzes and yeah. I can hear it. So I um yeah, I rolled over and looked at it and it was just a post of that and I was like I did the same I logged out. Do you have all your notifications on? Yeah, all the time. Jesus, that would annoy me. Gotta know what's going on. Oh and then I I, I don't said, have any on. <laughs> That's why you don't reply to messages. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I did that I went out, I logged out, went to my calendar and went, Is it April first? Like I was sure it had to be mm. an April Fool's joke. Or something was was um, not right. So it was a it was a strange morning, and I think there's lots to the come out. The funny thing about everything is when Liv started, the PGA Tour were like it won't work. It's stupid. Why would you have no cut events? Why would you have limited field? Why would you have those big purses? So what does the PGA do? Exact same thing. They have bigger purses, no cut events, 
limited field, so they just copied them. Oh, look, to be fair, like the certain aspects of PGA need to change, absolutely, um, for the better, and we've forced their hand, obviously. The, te- the team golf aspect's got to stay. PGA still need to adopt some kind of team golf. I think you find they, I think under this new entity, I think you'll find they will, mm-hmm. which is why I think that's what like a big thing why I don't think Liv will, will hang around much longer. I think they'll have the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and then whatever else they're having outside of that, probably either merged in with the PGA or have its own outside Do you thing. reckon that will make Brandel Chambly quit? I, I think he has to think about it. <laughs> he has to think about it. I hope it does. Speaking of, like, earlier from sledges, how good was Brooks Kepka's sledge? Oh, welfare check on oh. Brandel. <laughs> 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 oh, I just thought that was the funniest thing. Shorty, that's what you can say to Pinnock. Yeah. Oh, welfare check on Sam. <laughs> welfare check on Sam. <laughs> on his snap hooks one. Oh, Which a, is common. Can I get a welfare check, Sam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, who knows? This could be anything. I'd Hopefully, it's good for the game of golf. Like, uh, more money in the game is only going to be good, right? Not when it's blood money, Brendan. Don't think of it as blood money. <laughs> it's, just, it's just money. <laughs> I'm joking. It's all the same. It's just cash. Oh, so. mate, it's You can't blame... I'm not going to get into what I'm about to say because I'll say the wrong thing. So disregard that. <laughs> <laughs> just in I, case the Saudis are listening. Well, mate... Oh, I just... Next topic, because it infuriates me or the... This, uh, anyway... I don't get started. Inspired words, Tyler. Inspired. Well, I'll, I will get in trouble. <laughs> and I'm sick of getting in trouble. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so anyway, like, my last thoughts are, I think it's going to be okay. I don't think there's going to be major backlash. I don't think Liv's going to be around much longer because of no, it. Golf's still going to be golf. It's just going to get better. At the end of the day, golf's going to win. Um, but yeah. I do worry that if there's no... Worry or Worry. Worry. Not is, worry. Is, is that a difference? No, it's all the same. But I'll worry. <laughs> you that... say new or new? No, I say new. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to say new. I'm concerned. <laughs> the biggest loser out of this is going to be Australian golf. If well, if the if the live tour disappears, we're not going to get these big names in Australia. Well, I heard uh, who was it? Stephen Allen or someone talking about it, and he's thinking like. Next year we're meant to get three, and he's like, hopefully this will bring 13 events to Australia in tw- when it kicks off in 2024. Jeez. Now, I don't know how he came to that number, yep. but I heard, I'm pretty sure it was Steve Allen say it. Yeah, okay. So that'd be awesome. Yeah, it would be nice. But Adelaide have signed on for four years, so they'll either get... If there's no live tour, you can't have a live event. Well, they've signed on, so they'll still get the money, which is... Good. It's good for Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> I think Liv will be around for a little bit longer. You reckon? I'm not sure. Like, it, I think it'll be around next year. But yeah. I think it's going to fizzle out because they had no TV rights. They weren't making money. And I know, like, you know, we all say, oh, but they, the Saudis have unlimited money. They can fund it forever. But they don't have unlimited money because they spend it and make none. Hmm. So there's got to be a return somewhere. They've got to get return. And I think they've just spent a boatload of money to get into the PGA, and yeah. they've done it. So hats off to them. Yeah. I wonder what it's going to do crowd-wise to the PGA, because there's a lot of people in America who hate live. Correct. For that for that reason, understandably. There's a lot of people in Coffs Harbour who hate live. Yes, there is. <laughs> Correct. Correct. So, yeah, I don't know. I like the aspect of live. I think you definitely need... 
like even if they had like you had your PGA tour, whatever they wanted to do, if they wanted to include a teams aspect or whatever else, but you need to have something outside of that that's fun and exciting. Like, well, and whether that's like you know even simulated golf as li- well. Lives refreshing, mate. Yeah, like yeah, you have fun. There's a bit of music, it's a team aspect. It's better than watching fucking Patrick Cantlay <laughs> hold out for 400 metres and don't even, there's nothing on his face. No, no, and it took him five minutes to hit the shot. Like, seriously, mate. So, yeah, lives refreshing. Yeah, it is. I like it. It is. So, anyway, I think we'll be, you know, we'll keep updates on this as we find out more. Yeah. But. I'll wait for Rory to text Who me. knows? Yeah, Rory will send you a message and let you know. You probably won't write back because you get no notifications. <laughs> I'm texting back. Oh yeah, he gets a quick response. He gets a quick response. Actually, you know, before we leave this, you know, I think it's going to be a big winner of this. And I'm just taking a wild guess. I could be completely wrong. I think women's golf is going to going to get a lot out of this. Hopefully, they I think do. they're going to get a, pumped a heap of more money into their game. Didn't they already do it? Isn't it owned by them anyway? What the Saudis own? Some kind. Of, some... Yeah, they they own some sort of ladies thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think they're going to get the feeder tour. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, something like that. The so I think they're going to. I think it's going to be a big injection of cash for them, which, Good on them, which they deserve. Like I think there's a big debate in sport, right? So let's use tennis for example. Yeah. I think I think this is great from a women's aspect on tennis that they're getting paid the big tournaments. They're getting paid the same as what the men are. Well, so they right? should. Well, here's where the argument comes. Oh, in, the right? sets are different. Correct. So the men is the best of five, and there's the best of three. And the argument is, well, if you're, um, you know, you need to be playing the same as them to earn the same amount. And blah blah. It's like, well, the ladies are playing the same amount in golf, mm. and they're getting paid far less. Um, you can break it down too. Like this was a good one I listened to on about the soccer world cup right so the soccer world cup um the women were were up in arms about you know we want the same pay as what the men are getting for their playing the world cup and stuff like that and they broke down the numbers so once all the female players got paid and the total revenue that they generated through having the world cup wherever it was and whatever they got in was about 20 percent of the total revenue that was brought in for the men, it was 6 or 7%. Yeah, wow. So if you put it percentage-wise, the men were getting paid a lot less, but they're bringing in a lot more revenue as yeah. well. So depends which way you look at it. But I think, you know, we've had a couple of women's events around, you know, Coffs and Bonville, and they've been pretty cool. Yeah, so, Mate, they're um, so good they're, at golf. They're... What about Rose, who just won So first pro start? Yeah. Rose Yang, is it? Yeah, yeah. First pro start and won. First person to since nineteen forty whatever. That's it's unheard. Of. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not unheard of, but that's sensational. It's awesome. <clears throat> just turning pro, first event winner. I'd just be happy to make a cut. Just be happy to play. Turn <laughs> pro and play. Just to be there. That's how old is she? Uh, I don't know. Do you remember her name? Yeah, Rose Yang. I think. Rose Yang. Excuse me. We didn't hang our sign up, mate. <clears throat> The please be quiet song. Yeah. Alright, let's have a look. So, Avultara. She's a flusher. She's Obviously, a flusher. yeah, she hits it so good. <clears throat> Those women are so good at golf. We're like, all you hear about is a man and how far they hit it, but gee, if these ladies, if they come to Coffs and play Coffs, the PGA ladies, 
They would shoot 10 under with their eyes closed. Oh, man. Yeah, with their eyes closed. Man, they're, they're scary good putters and scary good chippers. Does it cost? You've got the par fives. Like, yeah. Ten, it's a par five for them. Yeah, that's right. They did drive an eight iron. Correct. Less, drive a wedge. Probably. Some of them hit it further than us, Corfi. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're true. They're pretty good, so. Like 14, they did drive a wedge in, I reckon. Uh, it doesn't tell you how old she is on this, so. Her age is a mystery, but I think she's only fresh out of college. She's not old. If they had a four-round tournament at Coffs, the East Lakes course, yep. what would be the winning score if the PGA Tour come to Coffs? If the PGA, like, oh, is the, it... The LPGA. The LPGA Tour. If they played East Lakes at Coffs. Okay, let me have a think. So, like, I'm going to go, like, worst winning score. Huh. The worst possible score they could win, right? For four rounds. Four rounds, yeah. Um, just give me a minute. So we got 10, which you said is a par 5. That, that 30 um, or eagle. 11, 12. 13's a par 4, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 14's uh, a par 5. Yeah. There's 2. Um, 17's a par 5. So there's yeah. 3. And then they get out 19. 17 would be the longest one for them. 17's a par 4 for them. 17's a par 4. It's a par 4. I mean, 19. 19 is a par four, yeah. correct. Um, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, and 25 are par four. Do you reckon that'd be? Do you reckon 19 be a par four for the LPTA? Oh yeah, that would keep it as a par four. Yeah, sure, par four. Uh, so one, two, three, four, five. So I'd put worst score would be six under per round. Six or eight, 24 yeah. under would be the worst winning score. Winning score. Yeah. So it's 24 under or better. It's pretty good, right? Mm. So, wow. yeah, I remember our club champion, a cough walking in, boasting, "Oh, I shot eight under par, whatever it was." Who's that? It's nothing. The cost half a club champ. Who is it? Oh, I don't know. Philly Blanigan. Oh. <laughs> 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 Those women just towed you up. Uh, yeah, that's the worst. Twenty-four under. No. I wouldn't be shocked if you shot thirty-three under and didn't win. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. So that's how good they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty cool. So it's, um, yeah, I think the ladies' side of golf was hopefully will benefit out of this. Yeah. I got a feeling they will. So, Absolutely. Um, big injection of cash in there, especially they're trying to make, you know, put golf under one umbrella. You've got to include that into it. Yeah. You know, it's not just the men's game. So. No. They should have a mixed event. Yeah, well, they start having, I think Europe has a few mixed events, which is pretty cool. Um, they should definitely have more of that, just so they can compare the two. I reckon they should have a mixed event, but you play off the same tees. That'd be fun. And just see what happens. See what happens, yeah. It's also going to be like, you know, the distance debate's going to be a whole thing, but I think you'd be surprised with how well the women go. Hmm. They'll get around, so. Flush it. Yeah, that'll be cool. So, uh, coffee. Yes. Since we are a golf podcast, I wanted to maybe help some people out with their golf. Okay. Uh, so I think I think that's probably an aspect that we you know we like to think we chuck in a few little good things in there rather than just how to sledge your mate and, <laughs> <laughs> and our confusing ideas on PGA merging with yeah. PIF and everything else. So um, I want to talk a little bit about you know effective practice because yeah. I'm sure you see it. We there's plenty of people who like to practice their golf and it's great. Um, but it's a lot of just, and you said it perfectly before, rake and hit, rake mm-hmm. and hit. 
Get a large bucket of balls, 110 balls, and I'll hit 110 seven irons at the 150 meter sign. Yeah, and, and be finished. Why in, I don't get any better. And be finished within 15 minutes. Yeah, right. And okay, exactly. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And then you and then they go out and don't don't play the way they expected. Yeah. Right. So I think you know try, trying to practice smarter and not harder is really important. So Just in life. Just in life, in general. So, you know, try, you know effective ways to practice. Because like you said, you could have that, you could hit 150 golf balls at 150 sign um, and just go rake hit, rake hit and do that. You would be better off hitting 10 golf balls and either, you know, doing your full routine, including making sure your club's clean, all this sort of stuff. Um, each shot, pick a different target in the background. You'd be better off just doing that hit 10 shots and then leave mm-hmm. then hitting 150 shots at one target Absolutely. one swing and going through that so um and i think a lot of time people get to practice and they don't even they haven't even planned what they're going to do yeah they just think you know the range and i think getting that big you know bulk block practice in, is important especially when you're starting to play the game yeah hitting that amount of balls just getting you feel for golf is important it's important when you're changing something dramatically correct correct but if you're going if you're changing something you're purposely working on something you're not just aimlessly hitting you're trying to make a change it's less about where the ball's going more about feeling yeah yeah so you know i think um my well, first piece of advice for someone who's trying to wants to practice more effectively um, is make a practice plan. Yeah, and know also know what you need to practice. Correct. Yeah. So, and I know we've rabbit on about this before. That's where stats are really important. But um, yeah, if you feel like you need to work some on something, making that your priority is pretty important. Yeah. Um, if you're unsure, if you like, you know, you you're playing off 36 and you putt well and you chip well and hit every drive straight. I'm sure you've had them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you you don't know exactly where to start. Well, break down your golf game into percentage, right? (laughs) So how often around, so for 18 holes, what percentage of your round is spent hitting a driver, right? Mm. Um, So let's let's just say you you, you were having 100 hits, just for a nice, easy percentage, yeah. right? And you're, you're going to hit driver, right? If you want to practice driver, that should only take up, what, 14% yeah. of your practice? Depending on how long the holes are. Correct. If you've had 100, I'm going to assume you've probably had 40 putts. Yeah. So 40% of your practice should be on the putting green, yeah. right? And if you're having, you know, I'd imagine you're probably hitting a lot of you know, probably fairway woods or hybrids or something close to the green. So I'd be making that a percentage as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're probably doing a lot of chips. You probably, if you shot a hundred, I imagine you've probably sculled a few. And, and so yeah, at least one chip per hole, maybe, you know, I'd probably more. So probably 25% of your practice should be yeah. chipping. So that's what 65% of your practice is inside 30 um, meters. Yeah. Maybe inside a hundred. And that's, and that's just, that's making it very simple. But if you break your game down in percentage, I think that's a good way to start as well. If you're unsure about where to start to improve your game until you can get, you know, until if you've made that decision, then definitely start keeping stats and then you can work out, okay, this is where I need to improve. Yeah, and you need to, you need to have your, when you're talking about the process, you need to have a good one. Yes, correct. It you needs do. to be the same every time. It just yep. helps you get in the zone, in the shot. 
and execute. Well, I think a lot of people underestimate how important it is for like things like nerves. Yeah, working out, you know, you know, getting your mental state right. Like, mm-hmm. if you look up, like, because the biggest question I bet a lot of golf pros get asked is, oh, I'm just not very consistent. Mm-hmm. I want to be more consistent. And if you jump on Google and just look up, how can I be more consistent in sport? Or if you just look up, how can I be more consistent? The first thing that pops up is routine. Routine and process. Yeah. It's the first thing that pops up every time. So you need a good one of them. It but, happens in every sport. Like, look at, just say, a goal kicker in rugby league. It's a classic example. They put the ball down, they take three steps back, two yeah. to the side, they lift the right knee, tickle the left ear, and then they yeah. don't even kick it. Yeah, Jamie Sauer does the march. Yeah, yeah. AFL guys, they go back, they're talking themselves. It's, yeah. it's the most important thing is having a... It having is, and then and having a routine. And for those guys, they stop thinking about all the background noise, and they're thinking about, okay, this is what I need to do. Yeah. It's so important. They don't think, oh shit, if I miss this ball to the right, it's going to be in the pond. That's right. They get all right, this and this, this is what I'm doing. Then the left edge will fade. Okay, yeah. Get in, swing, practice swing, move in, pick your target, hit the shot. Oh, look, it went down the middle. Yeah, correct. Oh, bit different, right? A bit different. But I, th- and I think too, like once you like to have a process, it also is something that needs to be practiced. Yeah. You can't just hit 150 balls with no process on the range and expect to go on the course and to hold your nerve together. I think it's something you need to... And you might like, you know, I used to have practice sessions where that's all I did was just, I'd hit a ball, clean the club, full routine. And you do that for however many shots you yeah. how much time you like had. Ten but, balls can take you twenty five minutes. It can, correct. Like, and that's nothing wrong with that. Correct. So I think it's a really important part is having that really good process. I say it all the time to people down the range when I'm coaching. I'm like, if you're going to hit this basket of balls within fifteen minutes, you might as well walk up to that fence there and start banging your head against it. Yeah. <laughs> and they look at me, and I'm like. There's no purpose or point to it. You're, yeah. you're creating bad recruitment patterns. Yeah. You know, you're, you're adding worse things to your swing because you're rushing, you're trying to hit them harder and faster. Like, step back, take some time, yeah. pick your target, let's move in. Here yeah. Shot. yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty important one. And even keeping things like maybe a, uh, like a practice diary. Practice diary. So um, making sure you know, you know exactly what you want to practice, when you're going to practice it. Um, and then when you've done it, keeping you know, okay, this is what I did to do that. Yeah. Keeping a good track record of mm. of what happened is is really important. Um, and then you can see later, okay, well, I didn't chip well this round. You can go back and say, well, the last two weeks I've done little chipping. Yeah. Maybe I need to put that more into what I'm doing. So pretty... Um, I'm going to start doing it properly. Well, it's, and it doesn't, I, I've it's, lost my way the last year and a half. I, I think we think with golf, like, you know, if I want to be practicing, you know, well and stuff, I need hours and hours and hours. But if you only have little time, you need to make that so much more important and so much more intense yeah. uh, to make up for the fact that, you know, you've had to take your kids to school, you had to pick them up, you had to get eight hours sleep, you had to do all this sort of stuff. I, <laughs> Sorry, you had to get eight minutes of sleep. Um, yeah. You had to work, you had to teach. And so, you know, I've got to spare 30 minutes to myself. I've got to make that the best 30 minutes I can. Yeah. It's a, a, a pretty important thing. Um, if you see me or Brandon with earbuds in and we're practicing, please stay off. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't talk to me. I used to do it as a kid when I was, um, you know, I'd go down to the other end of the range. So I was facing the water or yeah. facing the 19th. Yeah. And so someone would have to come around this way to, to come talk to me. And I'd often have my, my earphones in, listening to nothing. 
Because I, I didn't practice as well listening to music. Yeah, I can't. So yeah. I just have them in. So people, if they'd say Brandon, I can pretend I had music in and just ignore them. Yeah. So, but, you know, I wasn't being rude. Like, I was just I was just trying to get my, my time into practice. Yeah, you need your, your own pers- purposeful practice, mate. But I don't want to, I want to go back to something you said before about eight hours sleep. Do you really get eight hours every night? <laughs> no, no, not straight. No. <laughs> um, I don't think I'd sleep eight hours anyway. So yeah. I get up at twenty past four every morning. Yep. And make the kids lunches and stuff. So because if I leave early, Cara doesn't have to put up with a shit fight where the kids are going manic. Yeah. Just trying yep. to get ready. But I could go to bed from eight o'clock to midnight. But I still get up at twenty past four. Yeah. Okay. Just <laughs> routine. Well, yeah, routine. But it's, I really wish I could get a bit of eight and wake up at eight. That'd if, be sensational. Yeah, that'd be the dream. So <laughs> I reckon I'd feel so good. It'd be um, be good for you. But yeah, I th- yeah yeah having a definitive plan when you practice is number one. So knowing exactly what you're going to do and having some sort of goal. So it might be as easy as I'm going to go on the bunker. I'm going to keep hitting bunker shots until I hold one. Mate, I fixed my bunkers the other day. By doing that? No. What did you do? <laughs> Just out of curiosity, because, you know, you're, well, you're a decent enough golfer. We'd like to have you improve. I was... It, I got caught up in going out and not up. Yeah, so okay. There's a difference between getting the club out, up, and with a bit of leverage. Yeah. As opposed to going out. Yeah. I just got caught up with going to outside instead of up with leverage. And I was given a lesson. We went to have the clinic, the Cleveland clinic the other day. They all pulled out. So one lady came down and me and the Cleveland rep, like, just had her for an hour. and went a few, uh, over a few things. Yep. And I had her in the bunker and then I hit a few shots in front of her. I was like, oh, well, shit, that feels good. Yeah. I was like, you got to do more of this. I was like, Wow. I need to do more of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how often that happens. Like, just, like, you talk yourself through exactly what you want to do or what you want someone else to do, and then you try you try to replicate it and show them. But because you talked yourself through it and what shot you want to do and all that sort of stuff, it happens. Yeah. goes to show that it probably works, right? I went and jumped out in a few holes yesterday in the bunkers, and I was, I was yeah, they were coming out mint. Like, really good. Yeah? Like, yeah. I was quite happy. Well, look, I'm glad you said that because I think that's another thing people don't do um, practice-wise is practicing on the course itself. It's where golf's played. Well, you don't... Where do you ever get a flat lie? Correct. Out on the course. Yeah, very, very rare. Sometimes, but when do you have a seven eye out on the course? Three times around if you're lucky. If you're lucky, correct. It's always... And when's the, the green level? It's always uphill, downhill... Travel to the right, it's up, the lies hanging, it's below your feet. Yep, yep. You can't do enough out on course stuff. No, you, like, you can't. It's so important. I would, I would rather take a. I'd rather someone go play nine holes and hit a bucket of balls too. Sometimes. Oh yeah. Just go play holes. Yep, yep. Even if it's two or three, like you, you know, if you've only got a spare hour, yeah. just get there and play a couple. It's going to be yeah. better for you than probably hitting range balls. With no purpose. Yeah. Right? So I think, you know, getting on course, putting yourself in, uh, you know, a common situation you might be in, you know, oh, I'm, always, I'm always in the trees here, or, you know, if I hit a good drive, this is where I'll be, and actually hitting shots from there, so you know the shot, and you know what club. Um, it's a good, like, it's one I get confused with, you know, going out with people on the golf course, 
And you go to a par three, or what are you going to hit here? Oh, I don't know. It's like, man, you've been a member here for 50 years, yeah. and you don't know what number you're going to hit. So yeah. that shows like sort of how much probably attention they're paying to the shot at the time. Yeah, and um, another thing is knowing how far your ball flies for every club, not rollout. No, flies. Flies. Yes. There's a difference. Yes. Knowing that number's you really carry important. Me, you carry yardage. Yeah, because then you're not just like, you know, you see a lot of those guys, like on tour, they'll go, okay, well, it's 140 to the pin and it's 130 to carry that bunker. Yeah. So they know what number they need to do. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't want to, like, I don't want a downhill putt, so I can't go past 140. Yeah. I don't want to be in the bunker. I can't go shorter than 130. My 9-9 goes 135 or something like that. Mm. So that's what they'll hit. Um, but knowing those two is, is pretty important. So, yeah, definitely getting out on there. So, I th- you know, just to recap all that sort of stuff, right, is... Having a plan when you practice. Yeah. Uh, having a goal, making it purposeful. So, yeah, you're doing that. Um, if you're going down to the range, you know, it might be picking a different target every time you hit. It might be changing the club every time you hit, working on different trajectories. Yeah. Always have a target. Yeah. Always have a target. Um, How but- common is it when you're doing a lesson and you're like, okay, mate, or whoever, what are you aiming at? Oh, no, I'm just hitting it down there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Pick a target. Yes. <laughs> yeah. On the golf course, you're always going to want to hit it somewhere. Yeah. You're not just going, oh, I'm just going to hit it wherever. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, chipping, that like the one I said there, just trying to find a simple shot and keep hitting it until you hole it or find a shot and use different clubs. You know, yeah. you hit your sand wedge, go to your wedge, hit your nine iron, hit your seven iron, you just mix it up. I did that with two young blokes last week who I was doing some videos with. Yep. So I got in the pool there, pitching wedge out, and we hit it 30 metres, 50 metres, 65 metres, 85 metres, and 100. Yep. One club, different shots. And yep. you got to use your imagination. It's so cool. Yeah. So then I was like, okay. Hit a low fade to the seventy, and they try and with a wedge. I'm like, okay, hit a draw to the hundred. Yeah. Hit a. I want you to land it at sixty five, and then I'm like, I want you to run this one to fifty. And it's so good. It's so yes. it's so creative. Yeah, it gets you to sort of working. Yeah, it works your mind a bit better. It gets oh. you creative. It gets you to understand how hitting, how to hit different trajectories, yeah. as well, which is so important. Um, so yeah, you know, having that you know having that goal in mind is really important. Trying to get it on the golf course a little bit more yeah. if you possibly can. Um, but you know, I think just doing those couple of things is going to make a huge difference to how you perform out on the golf course. A great game to play out on course is two ball worst ball. It's a shit of a game. No, <laughs> no, it is awesome. So for people who've never played it, two balls off the tee. Yeah, pick your worst one. Yeah. Hit two balls from there, pick your worst one. Yeah. Hit two balls from there, pick your worst one. And do that for nine holes and see where your score's at. Yeah. That'll tell you what part of your game if you can shoot, work. If you can shoot handicap playing that, you've done really well. Oh. And it probably goes, okay, well, if I can play my worst ball and shoot my handicap, you know, imagine if I only took my worst ball half the time. Yeah. It's going to be, you know... It's a real eye-opener, but it makes you think about your golf a little bit more. Yeah. Um, going out and playing with only three or four clubs, oh, it's not done enough. I want to bring that back in for a Saturday comp. It'd reckon it'd be cool. We used to do the three-club challenge all the time. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, too many people would blow up about it, though. Oh, yeah. Like, it's too hard. Yeah. 
I guess was there one day of the week they get to play. They don't want to play with three clubs. Yeah. But it's so fun. It is fun. And I think it's good for your game. So It's amazing for your game. Yeah, look, definitely something to bring back. Um, I reckon they should cut the sets down to ten club sets. Ten club sets? <laughs> no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need 16 club sets. Mm. Um, have you ever played Nominate? It's one you can play with, like you just view on like one other person. So you hit your tee shots, and when and some of you might be hitting your second shot, but when you're going to hit your shot into the green, yeah. your playing partner nominates where you're going to hit it, and you have to keep hitting until you're there, then try and get up and down. So, uh, you know, if there's a bunker on the left-hand side, your partner, you have to hit in that bunker. So if you hit your shot and you miss the bunker by a metre, your next shot you have to chip it into the bunker uh-huh. and then play out. And then see, you know, again, trying to shoot your handicap or trying to beat your partner, whatever that That's might be. That's a cool game. Yeah, so it makes you sort of, you know, you're still aiming for a very specific target. Yeah. And then you're working your short game out. So yeah, right. I think that's a, a pretty good one. And then, yeah, just, you know, work out where most of your shots being lost or work out where do you play most of your golf from and practice that. Yeah. Especially if you only got, a, you know, a spare few minutes, that's what you should be doing. Our, our mentor, mate, he, um, he went through a stage of playing two ball worst ball. Yeah. And he was getting under par. These two ball worst ball for yeah. nine holes, and he said that's the best he's ever played in his life. Yeah, he was doing that daily. It's yeah, yeah, and it's he, mental. Uh, he said that's the best he's ever hit it. Yeah, when you can play two ball worst ball and shoot under par, yeah, starting to do things right. Now, I think Tiger used to play three ball worst ball and shoot under par. Yeah, but that's Tiger. He's a freak. <laughs> but you're right, and it makes you like there's no room in your head for doubt either. If you start, you know, you got two balls to play, you have any doubt. So, I know I've, I've played that game before and I've hit shots and gone, oh, I can't hit much worse than that and I lose my concentration. Mm-hmm. And believe me, you can hit it worse than that. <laughs> so, it becomes pretty pretty mental. So, yeah, I'd be putting those few things into your into your practice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just, you know, practice less more intensely than more with nothing. Yeah. Really important. A good thing to do around the chipping green is to get to... Uh, you get five or six balls, and you've got to try and get them up and down. Yes. And keep score. So chip it, go try and hold it, go back, chip it. Yeah. Even just do one ball at a time. Yeah. And you really start to see how bad you are at chipping and putting. Yeah, yeah. Or hopefully how good you are. But yeah. most people, it's it's always a big area for improvement. Oh, around the green, everyone should spend 50% of their time there. Well, we broke it down before, 65% nearly. Yeah. And I think I was being conservative. Generous. <laughs> well, where you have most of your shots. Yes, very much so. Uh, last thing before we leave, the US Open's coming Ooh. up. Have you had a chance to look at the course or anything? Uh, negative. I had a look at it this morning. Yeah. It looks brutal. It looks awesome. Do you have it up here? What's, look, the, what's the yardage? I'll find it while you're talking about it. I couldn't find the yardage, but I can tell you the first hole's a par five. And it's 570 yard something par five. 520 meters. Right. And then the next hole's a par four that's 500 yards. Wow. But they have a couple of holes there. Like there was one that's 330 yard par four, right? Which of those guys is not very far. Um, but then you had to look like near the green. And this thing was just brutal. Yeah, right. Like yeah. there was no point in going for it at all. It was... Yeah, it was cool. So I'm really looking forward to it. Who's your, who's your top pick for it? Uh, top pick? Well, I... 
I reckon Rory's going to have, and I know I, I know I, he's befriended me, put me in the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, hole one, 590 yards, par four, I oh, think, par five, sorry. I think with all these crap coming out about Liv, he might have some pressure off him. Because he's had so much stuff to deal with, and he's been the spokesperson. And look, to be fair, I know he hasn't like won the last couple of weeks, but he's in contention. So good, he's been good. I reckon he might step on people's throats and just go yeah. and kill everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooks can't not back you him. You can't not put Brooks in. You can't not put Scotty Scheffler in. Yeah. So I don't know how you played last week. I got some Scotty Scheffler stats for you. Oh, so I was about to say it. Oh, oh no, you go because I was. I, I bet it's the same stat, but you tell me. So last week, right? He comes second. Yes. And he lost strokes gain minus eight putting to the field. So if he putted, if he lost no shots to the field putting, he would have shot twenty five under. He putted that. Poorly. He putted that bad. Wow. I, mine wasn't that one. Yeah, so he, I forget where it was, but he, yeah, if he had a, like, zero putts gain, putts losses stats for the week, yeah, he would have shot 25 under par, or one by 25 shots. That's ridiculous. He hit the ball that good. Wow. Couldn't get it in the hole. That That's is, wild, eh? That is scary. Yeah. Scary good. <laughs> what a, what a, so the one I was going with is... So up until it must be a week or a week before, and I think it's probably still running. So he's fourteen events in a row where he has been in the top twenty on the leaderboard. Yeah. The next best of anyone on tour is four. Yeah. Yeah. Fourteen to four. He's playing so good. He's, this this guy is freakishly good at golf. It's his his party, man. I'm gonna. So, Scotty Scheffler, I think this is this year's stats. Yep. So, strokes gains total, obviously, he's up. He's 0.2 in front of John Rahm. He's 2.5 strokes yes, gain yeah, total. Rahm's yeah. 2.3 and so on. Yeah. Stroke gain total, T, he's on 127 and next best is 98. Yeah. Yeah. Stroke gain, T to green, he's almost double everybody else. Strokes gain putting. Yeah. He's minus 11, and John Rahm's on 20. Terrell Hatton's 25. Yep. Like, man. The guy can If go. he had a, had a, <laughs> he would have won that tournament by so many if he could have got the ball in the hole. Yep. Wow. Goes to show you, but like, that's just like, I don't think that's him putting outrageously well to have zero. That's just him putting the same as everyone else in the field. Yeah. That is just... Well, because he's hitting so many greens. Yeah. That's ridiculous, mate. It's pretty scary. And I think he's only young, too. Uh, he's still very young. Yeah. He's got a good career ahead of him. <laughs> Look forward to watching that. So His strokes gained at Muirfield. He was last in putting at Muirfield. Dead last. So if he listens to this podcast and takes out advice... He's going to do some putting practice. Yeah. He can, he was dead last when he comes second. Yeah. He had the worst strokes game putts. Yeah. For the tournament. <laughs> finished and second. finished second. Holy dog. That's unheard of. <laughs> like, usually it's the other way around. You can miss every fairway, but they putt well. Yeah. And they yeah, get close. That's um, it's impressive ball striking. So so he's so far this year, he's TD Green stats. 
is point. Oh, what is it? Point two behind VJ Singh from two thousand and four. Wow. Yeah. VJ Singh was a bit good in two thousand and four. Let us see how good he is. Man, very impressive. Imagine if you could putt like you. Yeah. No, I think I agree with you. I had a feeling, like, and I say this every tournament. I get a feeling Rory's. He's due to break the drought. He's gone nine years without a major, so it's time to, you know, 2014 was his last one. I think it's time for him to, he's going to... Will we do another one of those beforehand? I think so. Right. I think so. We'll, we'll bring one out for next next Thursday, so we have a bit of a closer look at the, um, you know, at the course and the field. and Go over our bets. And go over our... We'll have some more clarity on live. Yeah, we'll have, hopefully have a little bit more clarity, and we can, we can talk about that a bit more. But if you have any opinions on that, or you want to ask us any questions, the slappy cut at gmail.com or just call the uh, call the pro shop and ask for Billy and he'll pass on a message. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> so alright guys. Good well, luck, Billy. Billy's gone down to play the uh, Chroma Bowl. He's a he's an avid listener. Oh I saw I saw him like a thing you said he's down in Belmont, so that makes sense. Well he's meant to go to Sydney, but he had to take fourteen days off to, yeah, play, yeah, to yeah. play golf on the way down. He there. can he can only travel one kilometer <laughs> at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well best of luck, Billy, and uh thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. Cheerio.